Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of The Breakthrough Maze. My name is Joe Applebaum, and what I do here is I speak to entrepreneurs that are looking to create more power, more freedom, and more self-expression in their life. Welcome to the program. Are you a runner? I was not a runner a couple years ago, and I realized that the most successful people are often running, and I even noticed presidents running. (laughs) I just thought I wasn't a runner. I was afraid that I would get injured, that my heart would explode, but everyone kept telling me to just do it and I would have a breakthrough one day. Well, it took me many months of running when I started till I realized how much I actually enjoy running and how running is such a powerful tool to stay healthy and energized, to relieve stress and get the happy hormones pumping in my system. It was my relationships that are runners that help me learn how to properly run and to motivate me to even begin running in the first place. I remember when I started, I posted on Facebook asking for moral support from my friends on Facebook, and I didn't expect anyone to respond, but 10 people did like my post. And I started thinking that this is a great way to get accountability to start a new habit. Each day I would say, like this post, and I'll run one minute per like. And before you know it, I had over 70 people liking each post each day, motivating me to run. And that made me want to jump out of bed, go for a run, because I didn't want to let all those people down. And the motivation also helped me be able to start sharing videos of myself, images of the progress, and it kept me going and also inspired many of my friends to start running as well. Last year I had a conversation with a friend and a coaching client, Nemo, and told me that he read a book called Chi Running and it completely changed his life. So I decided to interview Danny Dreyer, the author of Chi Running, and it basically incorporates Tai Chi principles into running. Now, before I read the book, I looked up some YouTube videos and I was totally fascinated by the way that he helps you warm up and by the way that he teaches you a whole new method of running. So I actually bought the book, read it, and I reached out to him. You can listen to the full interview on joeapplebaum.com. Just look up season two, episode two, and I'll put a link there to the 53-minute conversation we had. But I'm also going to put it as a bonus episode on this podcast so you can listen to it. We talk about how to deal with people that think they're not runners what to tell your kids if they don't want to run, how to measure when running, time or distance. We spoke about diet, and we talked about what Danny actually eats to be healthy, the paleo diet. We talked about intermittent fasting and how that helps your body when running. Talked about the fear that some people have around ruining their knees or their hips, and he explains that it's not the running that actually hurts you. He also describes how injuries happen and how to avoid getting injured. Danny ran over 100,000 miles, and he doesn't get injured. He talks about how to use the pull of gravity instead of getting hurt and actually running yourself into the ground. He talks about running on the ground, not in the ground. (laughs) Danny and I talked about how he trains over 100 instructors to teach other people the chi running method. We discussed stretching after running, And if it's even important, he says that when you're running the chi running method, you're actually relaxing while you run. 
We talked about the difference between nose breathing and belly breathing, how to avoid getting into fight or flight in your nervous system and instead activate the parasympathetic nervous system to stay calm during running, how to walk without locking your leg and instead use gravity to walk because he also has the chi walking method. We talked about how to learn balance and understanding the difference between leaning and falling and how that whole thing works. And he also talked about getting your legs to have symmetry while running. All this is super insightful, great information. So make sure you listen to our full conversation in our bonus episode or go to my website, joeapplebaum.com to grab it. Let's tune in and listen in to some short clips from the interview to get inspired. Hi, Danny. How are you? Hi, Joe. So thanks so much. I, I read your book, She Running. I thought it was fabulous. I need to read it several more times because there's so many details there that I couldn't get in one read. There's a lot of really great content. I went for a run today and I was explaining to somebody, you know, body sensing and the mid-strike and breathing yeah. and leaning. And he was like, oh, my God, there's so many details. Well, you know, if you if you really want to change how you move your body, you got to pay attention. You got to know what you're supposed to be doing. You got to know what's feeling right and what's not going to work. If somebody tells you, hey, I'm not I'm not a runner. I don't run. Yeah. What do you say to a person like that if they believe that they're not a runner? Well, what I tell them is, how many legs do you have? And they usually answer two. And I say, do they work? And, I, and they say, yes. I say, that you're a runner. You can be a runner. You got two legs and they work, you can be a runner. If you have two legs and they work, you can be a runner. But what if somebody's like, I really, really just don't enjoy running? What do you tell a person like that? I First, I'd ask them why they don't enjoy running. But if they say, well, it's boring or just, I get out of breath too easy or, you know, there's always some major reason. Then I just say, well, what if I could show you how to run in a way that you actually felt better when you were done than when you started? And that usually starts getting their ear, (laughs) you know? And um, I have coached so many triathletes that say, I love triathlons, but I hate running. I only do it because I like triathlons. And if you can get me to like, even like running, you know, uh, you'll be doing the world a favor. <laughs> and I end up with those people, running ends up being their favorite event. Lots of people you know? are afraid of ruining their knees from running or their ankles yeah. or their joints yeah. or their hips. Uh-huh. What do you say to those people? I say it's not running that hurts your body. It's the way you run. So I've, you know, I mean, I've been running for God. Let's see, I started in 1971. 59 years, <laughs> you know, something like that. I don't know, 49 or, you know, it's a long time. And my knees are fine. My back is fine. My joints are fine. Everything's good. And I've run over 100,000 miles. So that what is different with this picture, you know, it's how I run. And so I, you know, uh, the people I ran with on Sunday, this, this really intense trail run, you know, I was twice the age of some of the people in the group, you know, mm-hmm. and it uh, doesn't affect me, you know, I, I, it's how I run. It's how you, it's your relationship to the ground. It's your relationship to how you move your body. 
that determines how much impact you encounter every step you take. So injuries, just so everybody in your podcast knows, you know, injuries only happen one of two ways, generally speaking. That's either overexertion or impact. Okay, mm. you're working your muscles too hard, so your muscles get pulled, jerked, yanked. So it's a muscular injury. If you have too much impact, it's a joint injury because you're hitting mm-hmm. bones, you know? And so you have to be careful about both of those. You can't work too hard and you can't land too hard. So how do you work your technique to where you're not always pushing yourself around the earth with your legs? And how do you work your technique to where you're not landing very hard at all, but running more, you're running along the surface of the earth, over the surface of the earth, instead of uh, running yourself into the ground, so to speak. Um, In terms of like for entrepreneurs, I coach and I mentor and I guide and I speak to a lot of groups of entrepreneurs. How is running helping an entrepreneur? You've helped hundreds of thousands of people run, specifically entrepreneurs, which is a very small percentage of the population. How does that increase their performance? Well, it increases their performance because of what I'm teaching them. It has very little to do with the running. It has to do with the principles they, they, you learn from doing chi running, which I, again, I said were based in Tai Chi. Okay, so let's say you're an entrepreneur and you want to come up with a business plan. Okay, well, that principle I just mentioned about gradual progress, you don't just go out and get $2 million in investment and jump into a full-on business, you know. You have to take the time to know your market. You got to take the time to know your competitors. Uh, You know, who are the people you're working with? How do you want to work? It's really thinking that stuff out really thoroughly. But you learn the same thing through chi running. So I'll give you an example straight across the board. When somebody comes to me and wants to learn, um, let's say, how to run a marathon, right? Okay, they've never run a marathon before, but they want to run one. It's their bucket list. And I say, okay, well, let's, let's start where we're at. Okay. So we start gradually and I have them do various uh, skills to get better at their technique. Okay. Now those same skills are, they realize that after a while, what I'm teaching them is how to not only build their own self-confidence for when they can use it during the event, but also the actual technique of responding in the moment to what the requirements are during any given event. And that transfers right over to a business plan or an entrepreneur because you want to be able to be light on your feet if you're an entrepreneur. You need to adjust Mm. all the time, but you need to know your vision so that when you adjust, your adjustment always moves towards that vision. Okay. Mm -hmm. And And you're not making stupid choices. You know, know, there are plenty of entrepreneurs that go belly up because they just get too much ego in there. They want to have it happen too fast. They want to command everything. They're a control freak. I mean, you know, just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you're going to be successful. But if you follow certain rules of being an entrepreneur, which is really listening carefully to your environment so you can respond well and the environment in a business thing is listening to the environment is knowing your competition, knowing your partners, knowing what's around you and how are you going to work with that? You know, what do you want? And you draw on your vision to realize, well, here's what I want and here's what I won't settle for. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I want to be moving forward, not just one step forward and three steps back. 
Yeah. But that's and then you you know with training for a marathon you learn to build endurance you you learn mm -hmm. how to stay with something over a long period of time. Well, plenty of entrepreneurs give up too soon before they've actually seen some success. And you know that that ability to just stick with it, stay with the plan. You know, have a vision, come up with a plan, stick with the plan. There's no different in running a marathon, training for a marathon, than it is starting a business. What yeah. do you recommend a busy entrepreneur do in terms of time? Do you recommend 20 minutes a day or is it or is it a certain amount of miles? Like what do you what do you recommend? Yeah, I don't recommend do? miles. If it's okay. uh, the the main thing to go for is consistency. Regardless okay. of how much time you have to do it, consistency is important. So I recommend that you run anywhere from three to five days a week. I don't recommend you run more than five days a week, but three to five. And then just like any life coach would say, you sit down with an entrepreneur and you just ask them the questions that they answer to come up with the best program for themselves. So I would sit down with an entrepreneur and I'd say, okay, so how many days a week could you put in, let's say, half hour of exercise, you know? And they right. go, well, yeah, no, realistically, four. And I go, okay, so you got four days. Uh, which four days of the week work best for you? I just keep drilling down, you know, which four days. Okay, so what time of day of those four days can you guarantee that you will get it done in the midst of your busy entrepreneur schedule? And then, you know, just keep drilling down until they go, okay, we've got it. I'm doing it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Monday and Tuesday, I'm doing 30 minutes flat. You know, the other three days, one I'm doing fast, one I'm doing long. And you just get it and and they can't not do it because you sat down and went through their whole schedule to find holes in it where that could absolutely happen. Uh, what's a runner's diet, the best runner's diet? I don't know. I'm I'm on a runner's um, my own kind of diet that I've just kind of settled into, and it's uh, pretty much the paleo diet. Mm. I don't eat a lot of carbs, and what I, carbs I do eat, they're mostly in fruits, and um, but I also don't eat a lot of meat. It's really nice to do intermittent fasting because uh, it really <clears throat> it rests your body. Most people don't think of fasting as resting your body, but you know, if you eat well three meals a day, which I don't recommend, <laughs> if you eat three meals a day, your body's pretty much digesting all the time, and that's a lot of energy going into digestion. You know, if like so, so I do intermittent fasting for me is like I never eat before I run. I don't care how long wow. I'm running. I don't eat before I run. I just don't. Um, and I, I have my diet to where I eat um, usually a pretty small breakfast and then um, a meal at about 5.30 and that's it. And the, it's really, really important that I think that runners learn to nose breathe. And here's why. It's because when you nose breathe, it creates a smaller air passage that the air going into your lungs has to pass through. And if you study physics at all, that's the, um, there's a rule called the Venturi effect. When a gas has to go through a very small orifice to go into another chamber, it speeds up when it goes through that narrow thing. You know, you've seen it, you know, in 
you know, a garden hose, you know, you narrow it down, it squirts farther because there's more pressure coming through. And so when you nose breathe, it increases the velocity of the air entering your lungs and that forces it further down into where it's more useful, which is the bottom of your lungs. Okay, so that's nose breathing. If you mouth breathe, you essentially own, the air only goes into your upper chest and it doesn't get as much oxygen exchange. But the deeper reason why you nose breathe or mouth breathe is if you nose breathe, it sets up your nervous system to fire the parasympathetic nervous system, which is calming, relaxing, hormones released. And if you mouth breathe, it's fight or flight. And then you get cortisol and adrenaline cruising through your body. And that is a wipeout, you know? It's fine if you go catch a bus, but if you're out there for an hour, you don't want to be mouth breathing and, and forcing your body into fight or flight for an hour, nah. So do you recommend using gels at 45 minute mark? If you're an inefficient runner, yeah, 45 minutes. You've got maybe an hour and a half at the most to go through your glycogen. That's if you're a, a, not an efficient runner. If you're an efficient runner, you could stretch that glycogen a long way because you're basically not firing many muscles, right? If I'm really That's relaxing. That's what it is. Got it. If yeah. you're using all your muscle power, then it uses up the glycogen. But if you're not using muscle no. power, no glycogen is being used. Right. right. It's like going yeah. for a walk. You're a Prius. <laughs> you know? You're recharging on the downhills and you're not even using any gas on the uphills. And so, you know, uh, the only Prius, muscles right. you're really, yeah, you're, the only muscles you're really using are the muscles, your, your abdominal muscles, your core muscles, which help you to maintain a forward fall. That's it. There's no reason to use all these other muscles. You, you start bringing in some if you want to run really faster, if you want to run up a hill. But generally speaking, you don't need to use many muscles to run. And so when I run with people, if I'm running on, let's say, just a flat or rolling course, um, I mean, I live in North Carolina, it's pretty humid and hot here. People I'm running with will be like sweating bullets. They'll be just like dripping wet after, you know, hour and a half, my t-shirt's dry. What am I doing differently, you know? And if you're curious about how to take your running to the next level, then check out his book, Chi Running. You can easily find that at CHI Running, or you can check out his website, chirunning.com. I recently created a Google spreadsheet to track my key performance indicators with my accountability buddy, and I realized that I don't spend enough time measuring my health, write down how much I weigh and you know some other KPIs, but I haven't been doing it with somebody else. I haven't been doing it with somebody that I trust somebody that won't judge me for missing days. <laughs> so I have an accountability buddy that I'm working with and I made sure to bookmark the spreadsheet, share it with him and make sure to look at it every single day. I'm going to log the most important items related to my goals. So I want you to ask yourself, what are some things that you're tracking this year? For me, I have goals around my weight, how much I want to weigh, I have goals around stretching, running, dancing, journaling, water intake, push-ups, squats, meditation, affirmations, fasting, even journaling what I eat. Journaling when I stop eating, when I start eating, not every single time, but just throughout the day because I want to make sure that I'm doing at least 16 hours of intermittent fasting. 
Even my sleep, I sleep with a watch, a Garmin watch, and it tracks my sleep and how well I sleep. I want to make sure that I'm getting enough sleep and I'm getting the right amount of sleep. And of course, the vitamins that I need to be taking on a daily basis to make sure that I stay healthy. I also put a tab in the dashboard that tracks each goal by when or how often I'm going to be doing that goal, the reason why that goal is important, who my buddy is, and the method that I'm going to be held accountable for that. I also made a list of things that I'd like to be doing, but that I'm not necessarily going to be tracking related to my health. So if I want to run 500 miles in 2021, that's 9.6 miles a week, and I'm doing it to keep my heart healthy, and I'm going to be getting accountability via the Strava app, and it automatically gets tracked on my watch, my smartwatch, that allows me to track my running and all that stuff. So that's really important and really beneficial for me to be able to have accountability. A lot of people, they set goals, but then they don't have accountability for their goals. And if you don't have accountability for your goals, it's going to be very hard for you to achieve those goals. You need to have accountability. You need to have awareness. Then you need to set a strategy. Then you need to have accountability. In my book, High Energy Secrets, I talk about how I lost 95 pounds and kept it off. But during this pandemic, which hit every single person in their health, because so many people are just staying at home, the gyms are closed, and they're eating often. Grazing has become the new pastime. <laughs> so I'm going to start going into the office more often so that I can graze less and I could be at a place where there isn't food all the time. It's important to make sure that you have the right environment to support your goals. If you found this episode insightful, please email joe at joeapfelbaum.com. I'd love to hear from you. And thank you so much for listening to this episode and for letting other people know about the Breakthrough Maze podcast.